Here we go. People, it is happening. Therinchetti, Thursday morning. In the studios. It's a great day. Hope everyone's having a fantastic week. I'm grinding away. Trying to keep sane. Have my goals intact. You know, this is a fun story. There's this great video. There's this Joe Rogan video. I think it's like four, five minutes long. And he's talking about how you have to make yourself like the star of your own movie. It's like a motivational video. So I was kind of down last night. I wasn't down, but I was watching this video. And then I go to the improv. I walk in and Joe Rogan's standing right there. Like only in Hollywood do you see people like literally you see stars everywhere. So I walk in there and he has this video where he gets his black belt from from Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu Gym. You know, it's 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 from ten years old. And I was like, Hey Joe, I love that video you get your black belt. I was like, I trained jujitsu and he was like, Oh thanks, man, thanks. He goes, Where do you train at? And I was like, HPJJ. It's my gym. And he goes, oh, cool, bro. He goes, cool, brother. <laughs> he walks away. But I was like, man, that was kind of a surreal moment. I don't know. Just starting off this podcast with a story. But hey, I thought I would talk about today. Uh, talk about today. I've done a lot of interesting things in entertainment. I don't know how many stories I have left, but I think I have a lot left. And getting an internship in Hollywood is is suggested and I did a lot of internships. I was an intern at HBO. Well, part, I was in New York. I went to school at NYU. So, I wasn't even in Hollywood and I was really well aware of that, but I was really adamant about being you know building up my resume. And part of it's you know, I had I was very fortunate that parents to to help help supplement my income because you know I was a broke college student. So when school ended, I was able to stay in New York. You know, I, I got NYU housing and I just applied everywhere to every internship I could uh, apply to. So I was an intern at HBO. I was an intern at MTV. Um, and a, a lot of MTV animation, by the way, and a lot of these internships, they were uh they were through the school year, some of them were during the summer, but my I was obsessed with getting an internship at a comedy show. Like I would go to NYU's like internship center, which was just some guy in an office with a binder. <laughs> and it was just like it was like these emails or clippings he'd cut out, put in a binder where where you could apply and where to send your resume to. It really wasn't anything. And I wanted to work on SNL or like Letterman. I was like, man, if I could just get an internship there, that'd be a great way in. And I applied freshman year. I applied sophomore year. Nothing, nothing. I'm sure they got thousands of resumes. But I was, like anything, telling you if you're obsessed about something, if you really want to make something happen, you'll find a way. And there was this show called Spin City. It was, uh, I'm aging myself here, but there was a sitcom called Spin City when I was in college. 
And Michael J. Fox was the star of it. And it was about, like, Michael J. Fox. And he ran, like, he was, like, the White House. I don't know, coordinator. I don't know what the premise of the show was. But he worked in the White House. And no, no, I'm sorry. I'm totally, I'm totally killing that premise. He worked in the mayor's office in in New York City. And um, he basically managed his staff of, of, of whatever, his, the mayor's staff, and he was the head guy. <laughs> this is a horrible description. But you get the point. You can YouTube the show. And I was like, wow, Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future. I never even watched the show, but I sent my resume. Next thing I know, I'm going in for an interview uh, to be the writer's intern on Spin City. I go in, I meet with like this 22-year-old girl who's like an assistant there to like one of the exec producers. She hires me and I'm off and running. I'm an I'm a writer's intern for Spin City. This was my favorite, most favorite internship uh, of everything I did. To this day, probably one of my best memories of just comedy. Because I was at a point where I wasn't as jaded. <laughs> That's one. But two, man, that staff, you know, from on-camera talent to behind the scenes was just, you know, first class. Like the staff or the the actual cast was like Michael J. Fox, Barry Bostwick, Alan Ruck, um, Richard Kind, you know, um, this huge, great actors, great actors. I mean, Michael J. Fox isn't, isn't as big as a star now. But he was definitely a huge star back then. And this is before he announced the Parkinson stuff. And then the writers, uh, let's see, who was there? I'm trying to name some girls too. But uh, I think Jill Soloway was a writer there. Uh, Tad Quill. Uh, Tad Quill's created a bunch of shows to this day. Tom Hertz created a bunch of shows, like Rules of Engagement, I think. Uh, Jay Sherrick was like a head writer there. David Ron, who like wrote the Smurfs movies. And, you know, just, it was just unbelievable for me to be like this 20-year-old kid having full access to the writers because I was there watching these guys churn out these shows. And and the show taped at Chelsea Piers, which was like on 22nd Street, like on the uh, west side by the pier, and you wouldn't think that the, that, the, the, that they taped this t- uh, TV show over there, but they did. They taped a whole, like, they actually had, like, Pier 22 or whatever. And the whole thing was dedicated to Spin City. And it was just a surreal experience getting to go in there. And my responsibilities were to just do anything required of me. That was my responsibility. Like, it was cool being a writer's intern, but really, I didn't write anything. I just basically was there to service the writers and uh, the assistants and do whatever they wanted me to do. So my jobs included, like, um, if they needed help passing out scripts, collating things, making copies. I would get the lunches. I got sent many times to the grocery store to refill the lunch snack room, which was just a plethora of all kinds of goodies. And as I gained trust, they let me do more things. Like I started to I started to meet like the cast, like Richard Kind, who's just an unbelievable actor. If you don't know who Richard Kind is, like Google him. He's an awesome actor. 
So I got to know Richard, and Richard had me walk his dog. He was like, hey, can you walk my dog? Like once a week. His name was dog. His dog's name was Grazzi, and I'd walk his dog, which I love dogs. By the way, I saw Richard Kind like 12 years later. He had no idea who I was, but I was like, dude, I used to walk Grazzi, and he knew immediately who I was. Um, One time I got to just hang out with the actors when they were just waiting to like shoot and they were just like bored <laughs> i was like this is what acting is they were like yep that's what it is the one guy i never really got to hang out with was michael j fox like they kept this guy they kept this guy separate from everybody else he had his own dressing room underneath the bleachers which is weird like it was like a dollhouse that he lived <laughs> this is crazy i mean this is true though i'm telling you like he was not accessible, and he had, like, this Asian assistant who – it was just weird. Like, I never – you only saw him, like, like on set, and he wasn't even there for, like, the read-throughs. But everyone kept saying, oh, Michael J. Fox is an amazing guy, and he had an office upstairs uh, next to the writer's room, but he was never there. So it was just <laughs> – that's the one guy that was kind of a an enigma. And uh, – but – Man, I remember my my uh, first week there. I rarely get starstruck just because I'm in the comedy scene. I see like a lot of famous comedians. You kind of get used to it. When I saw Michael J. Fox walk out for that first time, I was like, "Holy shit! This is the guy from Back to the Future!" Like I was starstruck because you see this guy like this. He's like this uh, diminutive person just kind of walk out and and he just has a swagger. Or maybe I'm just projecting that, but. It definitely was cool to see uh, Marty McFly. So, uh, oh, also, guy's a chain smoker. My God, the guy was always smoking. Hmm, I guess people didn't know that, but I'm telling you, he was always smoking, and he was the only guy allowed to smoke from what I could see uh, on that set. Um. So, yeah, yeah, so that's what I did. I was the intern, and, and those guys were just a great group of a great group of writers cuz they were so nice they were so funny and for the first time in my life i was like wow this is where i want to be these are people like me they were like funny guys like i wasn't necessarily a performer or where i am right now and i just felt like i i fit in with that group in fact tom hertz who was a one of the big writers there, senior writers, he used to do stand-up and he used to bring me to his comedy shows. So they were super nice to me. They were they were just, I kind of felt like they were like my older brothers and sisters to some extent. Like they just were so nice to me. In fact, I wrote a script for uh, one of these TV pilot competitions and I wrote a Spin City spec. Those guys punched up my script. <laughs> By the way, I still didn't get into that that competition this is how ridiculous hollywood is like i the actual writers of spin city help help with my script and i still didn't get into that competition regardless it was uh a lot of fun doing that uh i remember uh jay sherrick who was uh i think one of the head writers there he was the guy i was most close to and i really learned a valuable lesson and if anyone's listening to this uh, this is my just take away this always ask always ask for favors 
Like if even if you if you're afraid of saying no, always ask because back then I always thought I always thought being a writer was easy. I thought being a Hollywood writer was was an easy thing. In fact, when I had not they actually they actually asked me when I was in school, they were like, "Hey, do you want to come to Hollywood?" When they moved shows, they actually moved the show from New York to L.A. and Charlie Sheen replaced Michael J. Fox, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to be the script coordinator?" I was gonna have to drop out of school to do that, so I said no. Um, but it was really nice of them to ask me. But I always thought, like, oh, you know, getting these jobs are so easy. But these jobs are incredibly tough. Becoming a Hollywood writer, comedy writer, is so tough. There are thousands of people, some of them capable, very capable of becoming writers, but it is a competitive space. So I remember uh, when I was working for Jay and I'd like, you know, I'd work out, I'd work late and I gained their trust and I had like a spec script and he was like, anything you need from me, buddy, ask me. And I was so afraid of asking him to read my script. I was so terrified of asking him to be like, hey, dude, can you read my script? Because I just felt like I was a kid. And you get scared to ask. The rejection of Jay reading my script and saying no to it was just terrifying to me. So I never asked him for anything. I never asked anybody for anything aside from just, you know, I t- even even when they, you know, helped punch out my script, they volunteered that because they, they asked me what I was working on. But I really never asked for any favors. So always ask. If you have if you have any connection in the industry, ask them for a favor. Ask them for a referral. Ask them for, you know, can you refer me to your agent? Whatever. If they say no, so be it. It wasn't meant to be. But this is a tough business and you have to make a move. In fact, Jay, Jay and David were so great to me uh, when Spin City ended. I was in New York, and they never went to go work on the next season. They went to go work on some other TV show called Madigan Men, which was just a shit show. But I was the writer's intern for that show, too, because of Jay and David. Like, they brought me over there, which was just so nice of them. Um, By the way, I tried to look up these guys, like, years later, and they're untouchable. You can't get through to these guys because they've got agents and lawyers. And, uh, you know, that's what it was. It was fun for what at the time and so grateful. By the way, uh, let me just backtrack. The professionalism of Michael J. Fox is unbelievable. This is a quick story. I don't know. I know I'm kind of jumping around here. But Michael J. Fox, I never saw him like really um, rehearse during the read-throughs. And and then he'd show up like Thursday night and... uh, when they were kind of blocking it out and he'd be like smoking and like he'd be all over the map just you know lines were not memorized and it was just like oh but this guy kind of sucks right and I wasn't even like I wasn't even like a trained actor back then but I remember thinking like oh this guy's kind of like not good come Friday when they actually taped the show this guy was spot on word for word got nailed every line every scene this guy's amazing. Like no wonder he's a he's a star because this guy just put it all together in front of the audience, live audience, it taped. So I took that away from it too. I was like, damn, there's a level of professionalism which really blows your mind. Um, I also got to see uh, comedians, you know, work behind the scenes, like uh, this guy named Eddie 
Eddie Ift was the warm-up comic. Um, Wally Collins was a warm-up comedian. So I got to like talk to the comedians when they warmed up the crowd. These tapings would go on for hours and hours sometimes. So, so I got to talk to the comedians and what they did. So uh, I got to I got to see how the directors worked uh, on shoot dates, just directing the actors, um, the PAs, everything. It's it's a whole team wardrobe. Like there's so much, there's so many de- finite details in a TV taping and really privileged that I was able to see all of that. So when Spin City ended, uh, I was only there for a year. Uh, I wish it went on longer, but again, they moved shows back. They moved the show back to LA because uh, Michael J. Fox, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this makes perfect sense because Michael J. Fox announces Parkinson's that year, and I think he was off the show. So maybe that's why he was so separate from everybody, because they didn't want to, you know, maybe he was going through his medical stuff. But when they moved the show back to um, L.A., uh, I stayed, and there was a huge party at the end in, in New York, which I was invited to. And it was awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing because the stories I'm remembering. I'm uh, Gary David Goldberg, who created Family Ties, came to the party, which was huge. Like, I guess he was a producer on uh, Spin City. Uh, Bill Lawrence came, who's a mega mogul TV guy right now. He he was an exact producer in Spin City. All these A-list writers showed up and, like, you know, TV stars. And I remember remember I had this, this like, uh, camera which you could like throw away. Remember those cameras back in the day? You could like buy the camera, shoot a bunch of film and throw the camera away, like get it developed. That's the camera I had at the party. And I wanted the Michael, I wanted the Michael J. Fox. And I was like, hey, Mike, can I get a photo? Because he knew who I was. And he goes, yeah, 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 sure. And then I took the photo and I go, I go, okay, dude, hey, I'll, I'll send you the duplicates yeah, as a joke. And he goes, why would I want the duplicates? <laughs> it just makes me laugh because I was trying to be funny. Of course, why would you ever want the duplicates of me? But he totally missed it for all of his, his comedy training. So uh, that was the end of the show. It was uh, it was fun. They gave me a bottle of wine that they all autographed, which I still have to this day. I have this bottle of wine on my shelf that I have in L.A. And I refuse to throw it away because it was just... Uh, a great time in my life. And I remember being in the writer's room with Jay and all those writers. They let me sit in on on their, on their rewrite sessions and just feeling at home there. And I was like thinking, man, one day I'm going to be back here. Uh, I don't know when, it, when that's going to be, but I'm going to be back here as a writer. <laughs> I'm still not a writer. I'm like a comedian in Los Angeles. But it was definitely a good intro to how TV worked and I'm I feel so blessed I was able to even just watch and be around that team because I think Spin City is a funny show. Like I used to look forward to to reading their new scripts every week. And those writers remember is one story. Tad Quill comes in and I saw him I saw him like during the week, like Monday or Tuesday, and he was assigned a script. And I went home I went home back to my dorm and he was like writing and I came back the next morning and he comes out of his office wearing the same clothes and and he fit he wrote a whole script in like a night and like he like 
put on the table and he goes he goes we should call this emmy that's that's the title of the of the script emmy that's how good it is like he's joking obviously but i was in awe i was like man that's a writer like this guy just churned and burned anyways so i hope and this was a all over the all over the place but hey it's it's thursday morning i'm getting my thoughts together and it's unpurified people so so uh yeah go get an internship if you can do it it's not easy i mean la i think la is the place you have to be i was in new york so take note there weren't any tv shows like maybe it's like sesame street uh uh sesame street uh spin city even madigan men when i taped when i did madigan men the other internship we taped in queens where the cosby uh studios used to tape you know which that there weren't i'm just my point to this is there weren't many tv shows taping in new york city so i feel like if you do want to intern in television come to la you have a better shot there's so many shows in production now especially with netflix amazon and that's really how you get in the door you work you work your way up and they they offered me a job i was like a writer's intern so imagine if you're actually in la you work your ass off get a job as a coordinator pa writer's assistant and just get in the system remember in fact uh when i was an assistant at an agency a lot of assistants worked for tv lit agents and then they went off to go work with their clients like these writer clients as their assistants so i'm just saying that's definitely a viable route if you want to go down that path but you have to keep writing that's something that tad quill once told me he goes dude you have to be always writing comedy like you have to know the craft, which I don't know. I think that's subjective because I know a lot of comedians, stand-up comedians who absolutely suck and other TV writers. So <laughs> anyways, people, that's it. Have a great week. God bless America. See you. Bye.